Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bedoff. Joining me this evening for the last time, we'll have New Mexico United news for the 2023 season. The one and only Earl Nieto. Earl, how are you doing? How, how have things been? How was your weekend? Um... Give me something good before we jump into the bad. Well, dude, you picked the wrong fucking day for this shit. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, something good, something good, something good, something good. Um, carry on. Okay. Um, well, there you have it, folks. Nothing good apparently has happened to Earl at all in the past week. Um, myself, I survived my first week of a new job. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, things are going well so far. Uh, hi Jane. Welcome on in. Glad to see you in the chat. Uh, as always folks, if you are with us on Facebook or YouTube, you can pop on over in the chat like Jane is tonight. We'd love to get your thoughts and questions and comments about the playoff game over the weekend. Also about the rest of the USL championship playoffs, which we will be getting to throughout the evening, uh, tonight. So, I mean, let's just, why bury the lead? Let's get right into it. Uh, New Mexico United's 2023 season is officially done. New Mexico United went out to Sacramento, played Republic FC on Saturday night in the first round of the playoffs, and uh, things did not go as planned. New Mexico United lost for the third time in their history to Sacramento Republic FC, and again, this one uh, by a 1-0 score after really playing well against Sacramento twice in the regular season this year. Harry over in the chat. Harry, how you doing? Congratulations on San Antonio winning on Saturday. Hopefully you guys play a little bit better than we did against Sacramento Republic. So, um, I mean, it's, it's bittersweet, you know, uh, it's one of those things where it may be emotions to finally run out. Maybe, uh, I don't, I don't think there's a lack of, uh, lack of desire, a lack of want for the win. I don't think it's anything like that at all, but maybe the motions got to be too much. Maybe we just didn't handle Memphis all that well. Maybe it's because they have a, or uh, Sacramento all that well. Maybe it's because Sacramento has a shitty ass pitch that is mud, you know, like I, I, I don't know. Like we started slow. We didn't look good in the first half. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can point to, but it really does just comes down to, we did not play as well as we should have. We, we weren't fast off the break. We allowed Sacramento to, to control the early run of the match, and it took us a while to find any sort of footing. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you look back at the past three games. I mean, Lou City, 2-1. Uh, Phoenix, 2-1. And then Memphis, 4-1. So you look back at that, and you – you have high hopes for what you're walking into in the playoffs, especially against a team who hasn't really fared well against us all season. I mean, 3 nothing here in the lab, and then 1-1. Nil-nil. Nil-nil over there in Sacramento. Um, so you, you have to like your chances if you come out and play like you, like you should. Um, but the fact that we came out flat-footed, we came out and – for lack of better terms, we shat the bed. We definitely uh, 
we played as if George Washington was was coordinating the the, the train. <laughs> is George Washington one of your words tonight? It, it is. <laughs> Oh my word! All right, so if you if you haven't caught the show in a while, Arola tries to sneak in some some secret words into the show, and uh, well, I appreciate the efforts to that you've shown in the past few weeks, and the words have been you know kind of slipped in. Um, yeah, <laughs> great words by the way, Robert. How you doing, Robert? In the chat, Team Earl greater than Team Jacob. I mean, I don't know. And might be a, a might be up for debate now that we haven't seen Jacob in months. So I, I don't know. We'll leave that to. to he is still alive though. He is alive. We did we did see him at uh, at, at the Memphis match. So Jacob is alive and well. Um, he is finishing up his last few weeks at the police academy, and he should be back uh, into November, we think. So. Um, but yeah, Jacob and family are doing well. They want to pass that along to everyone. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just, you watch this match on Saturday and it's, but yeah, you know, uh, we'll do what we do. We'll show the, we'll show the highlights. We'll do the thing because, you know, but then while you're pulling that up, I mean, you have to look at, you have to look at Sacramento's goalkeeper, Vidiello or whatever his name is. Um, I mean, former he, New Mexico United man Danny Vidiello. Yeah, I mean, he put on a freaking top hat and a coat and went to work. Yeah, he played well. Uh, Sacramento did really well at the back, they stayed compact throughout the night. I mean, we weren't able to break it down like you could see it early on, uh, particularly in the in the second half. I mean, Sacramento just dropped into the box and they just did not let up. I will say, what is shocking the most, maybe the most, maybe the most shocking thing about this match on Saturday was the broadcast. I mean I some people were talking about over in the Discord and like it looked like we were watching this like a nine like a you know early two thousands TV screen. Like I don't know what was going on, but it was the broadcast was terrible on Saturday. But I mean that's it's, it's just you know it's just one of a great many number of things that we could complain about. But you know you just you watch the back you, know, <laughs> you watch it back so, but you, do you know, you talk about the broadcast. Um, that's always Sacramento broadcast, though. Their lighting sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lighting is bad, but I mean, just the quality of the video on on the broadcast there tonight was just not good. But here, you know, we're coming up in, into the moment here where Sacramento does take the lead. You know, we fail to clear the ball here, and then Rodrigo Lopez able to deliver across, and Connor Donovan just steps in front of. I want to say it was. Uh, was it Kalen? We'll have to look and see. Yeah, it, it started was. with Kalen and then ended kind of with uh, with the guy that gives them all up. What the fuck's his name again? Oh, yeah, Seymour. <laughs> so, yeah, Astoria out here on the right. Will Seymour is not even on that side. Oh, he's right there in the middle. Okay, so he steps in front of Josh Suggs. That's what happens. So Connor Donovan steps in front of Josh Suggs, and Suggs, he – Big guy, but he gives up. You know, he gives up a pretty good run to Connor Donovan there. Um, you know, just too much space doesn't really mark him. Doesn't really slow down that run at all. I think if you know Suggs has half a step on that, you know, that goal doesn't happen. But Robert, to your point, I I don't think they fix that pitch by Friday. I really don't. And I, I they I haven't fixed it all season. I mean, 
no, it's that that pitch gets worse and worse as the season goes on every single year. Um, like you can just see how torn up it is 22 minutes into the match. I mean, maybe you can through, uh, through all the fuzzies, but I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really, this match, it, it came down to, I mean, Sacramento played so much better defensively than, than we did. You know, and it's not to say that we gave up a ton of shots. We really didn't. We didn't really give up a whole lot in terms of, you know, and then you have this massive save right here from Danny Vidiello. But yes, yeah, like you, you said it right, right. You said it perfect right there. Yeah, we didn't give give up a bunch of shots, or we didn't allow them to take as many shots. But the shots that we were taking were moon shots. Yeah, we didn't really have great looks. And again, that comes down to what Sacramento was doing defensively. You know, yeah, said- a bunch of our shots were super far off or super far wide. I mean, just not not quality shots taken for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, you go back and you look at the stats. I mean, we had 11 shots and Sacramento had, had seven. You know, like you, you, you give up only seven shots, you think you're going to have a fairly good chance to, to – to keep your, you know, the other opposing team off the, off the sore line. But, you know, you see here, you know, maybe Zico makes, should make a better play here. Maybe that shot by Sergio ill-advised. I mean, it was a bad, you know, it wasn't a bad shot, but it was a really tight angle for Sergio leading up to that. Like, you know, um, I, I made a comment in the discord saying that we really haven't had quality chances and we really didn't like, cause if you watch here, that I means Sacramento just recovers so well. And then you think you got Hursty on the run here, but then Hurst peels off, which I think was the wrong decision. And then you've got um, Astorga out on the right and a great cross, but terrible header. I mean, I get what he's doing, but that ball just like died in the in the sod there and went off to the left. Now, do I think Vidiello might have would have gotten to it? I don't know if he'd been on frame, but you know, another big save right here by uh, by Andy Thomas. And I don't even know if he has a save, but a, you know, a deflection or a block, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, Andy Thomas played phenomenally as well, but yeah, I mean, all credit to the Republic. I mean, you know, they recovered well. They sat in the back of the, they sat back in the box. Whenever we attacked, they, they cut out what we wanted to do. And even when we threw in all of our subs, I mean, you look at the subs that we made on Saturday night, you know, you bring on, I mean, Sam was the only defensive sub that you bring in you bring in Nikki Hernandez Schneider Borgeland you bring in Jacobo Reyes you know you take off you know two defenders and then guys you know Portillo and Swartz who really aren't necessarily known for their offensive ability in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net and even then like the chance creation just wasn't there we couldn't see anything you know we didn't see anything happen yeah, it was. It's hard to do anything when the team that you're playing recovers so freaking quick. I mean, every time we would make a pass, there was at least two or three Republic players right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I was looking. I didn't see it in the highlights. I wasn't. Maybe I've just missed it. I was looking at something else. But um, there was a moment. I think it was at the 19th minute um, where Vidiello came off of his line and grabbed the ball at a moment that I thought was handling. Um, I went back and they showed the replays. I tried watching them. 
And uh, like to me, it looked like hand, possible handling by Vidiello, but obviously the referee didn't make the call. And this is the USL championship video gone wrong. Like, I don't know what the problem is here with that, but yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. That is that is a USL championship game highlights video. That's not my, that's not internet connection. That is, yeah. Um, let's try that again. There we go. Yeah, I've learned, I don't really like this ref. Yeah, he was he was inconsistent, but I mean, I, I I don't think it necessarily caught cost us the match. It was more so again, we yeah, didn't, no, we didn't break down Republic like we should. Um, but I, I want to watch through this. And I I, I want to watch this again just to see if that uh, if that ball where uh, VDL came off his line shows. I don't remember if it did or not, but yeah, you know, they showed the replay multiple times during the match, and like it's very very close to a, to a handling call. Um, which there was some discussion as to whether or not it was dog. So um, now in that scenario where it happened, it wouldn't have been dog. So um, because, you know, we were, when that ball comes in, like you're hoping that surgery bus can get to it. And, you know, obviously, you know, video comes out and makes the grab and in a position that again, looks like handling, but because, you know, there's, because the ball is in the air, it's a 50 50 challenge, basically. You know, there's no dog so there. Is um, Sacramento a uh, turf field or turf pitch or regular grass? No, that's sod. That, that is, it's not, well, it's, as far as I know, it's grass, but I just, it's regular sod. Um, but yeah, it looks so bad because if you look at it, you see like how muddy it gets. And we've talked about this before, particularly in, you know, inside the area. So, um, I did some research. Apparently it was built over an old uh, expo ground. So, um, hmm. yeah. And it only, they only spent around, I think it's around three, $4 million to build the stadium, which was not a lot of money back in 2015, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I'm trying to see, I think it, so it should be coming up here in just a second if it is, but you know, it, you, you look at that and you say, okay, if that, if it is handling, if it is a call, um, you know, maybe that that swings a little bit of momentum. You know, gives you opportunity right on the edge of the box to try to do something. But um, I mean, who knows what would happen at that point? Uh, Robert. So how does host all kinds of events on it too? Oh, they're not going to show it. Okay, so it was right before this. But. So how does it work? So if it is dog so off of the keeper. Mm-hmm. The keeper catches a red. Do they bring in their second, their second keeper, or so what they could. So they can't sub the keeper himself. So once the red card happens, the keeper has to come off. They can then put a position player in goal and then use a sub if they want to bring a, their backup keeper on. Right. Yeah. So they still have to play down a man. Um, now, if you watch uh, a couple, I think it was two weeks ago, Olivier Giroud jumped in and played goal after uh, their keeper got sent off and be good. Um, of course he did. So he did that and apparently had a really good match. The, the, they actually ended up winning that one. Um, of course they did. Yeah. Um, 
so they did that and then if you look at and there was a most of us were you know kind of flipping matches after ours ended on saturday you watch the the end of the rgv orange county match and made clear dog so <laughs> by the keeper on that one so yeah it was uh uh yeah <laughs> or not, not uh it wasn't rgv it was uh was it rgv i'm like I didn't watch anything after United. I was I was out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not R- not RGB. It was um, El Paso. Sorry, it was the El Paso keeper came out, uh, and got himself a red card there in like the closing minutes of that match, which was really stupid of him. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, again, here United has a chance to you know uh, make video, make a mistake at the back, but I mean, yeah, all credit to Sacramento. We just didn't do what we needed to do and. It kind of felt like the exclamation, or like not, not the exclamation, the period on the on the season. You know, it's just there's nothing like that like really stands out that we did well in this match is very indicative of how we played, you know, throughout the season. You know, um, so yeah, it's just you know, it's unfortunate. You know, I mean, three year three trips to the playoffs out of five years against Sacramento, we've lost all three. You know, I mean, was there anything that you took away from this match, Earl, that gives you hope? Or maybe not necessarily this this match here, but like the last, you know, four matches of the season, playoffs in the final three, you know, regular season matches that leads you to believe that we're in, you know, better shape heading into next year. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you watch... You watch how we play the past three, past three matches, not counting playoffs. The last three regular season matches. And I would even give it three and a half matches. We we played like we wanted to. Like we wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Coach Quill is getting toward getting to the guys and saying, hey, look, this is what I want to bring in. Um, obviously with the whole half a season that he had uh, he didn't really have a chance to bring in what he wants but when you look at it coach quill is a playoff caliber head coach for the usl um and i correct me if i'm wrong on this one um our statistician is about to go crazy at this point um correct me if i'm wrong but i do believe he won a title in the USL one? Yeah, he did. He won uh, at least with four. Northern Texas, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. So he has the capability of, of winning championships. So mm-hmm. I'm still fully in support of Quill. Um, had it been a rougher second half than what we had, Mm-hmm. Um, granted, we had a terrible second half of the season. Um, namely, in part, key players of ours went down with injury. Mm-hmm. Chris, we had to be one, which I have to call you out, by the way, because you, this guy right here, did say that there was a 50 50 chance of us seeing bees before the end of the season. So I have a, so my club source, that's what I was told. 
I was told by a member of the club that that was the odds of these coming back. And when he doesn't even travel with the team, that kind of worries me. So that was a point of discussion Saturday night in the Discord as well. You know, what happens with with bees in the offseason? And so, I mean, I guess we can go ahead and we can, we can kind of get into it. We'll do our predictions here in a little while but for the, for the next round of the playoffs. But silly season is starting early for some folks, and there's already rumors and things floating around as far as who might be back, who might be leaving, and other changes from around the league. And bees is one of the guys whose name has come back, who's come up. Um, people question whether or not he's going to be here. There's some discourse about him and his wife because of uh, how she acted on social media. Um, last, I think I want to say last year. How does she act on social media? I'm completely. There were some. Uh, there were some comments that were made on. Uh, I want to say Instagram posts um, that were negative towards coach uh, coach Zach Prince last year or earlier this year, one of the two. Um, I know that she has been vocal on, I think, Facebook as well when there was some vandalism done to cars after matches. Uh, I'm going to say that was this year. That, that part was this year, but apparently she was uh, critical of, of Coach Prince last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um. If I had to guess at this point, I think he's done. I, I think he's just, I, I don't just mean with United, I think Bees is done. Um, and I could be wrong. Um, but I, I just, I genuinely do. I genuinely think that he is done, especially after the broken kneecap and how long it took him to potentially come back, you know, um, I don't know. Yeah, and I was, I call it on Saturday. Um, I told Marlena that I feel like Suggs walked off the pitch for the final time, too. Mm-hmm. So now I know Josh is out of, I'm fairly certain Josh is out of contract into the season. Bees is out of contract at the end of the season. Um, Unless I'm missing something, but I'm fairly certain he is out of contract because he signed through uh, the end of 2023. I thought he was through 2024. So when when he transferred back from Orange County, we signed him. We we transferred him for what was believed to be a then-league record for for inter-league transfer fee, and then we signed him through 2023. Okay. Yeah. I want to say there's a, a lot of people that are done this season. I know, I think Mondo's done this season. Mm, that's a good question. So, right. So, so we know that Christian Nava's on the contract through at least next year. We know that Bruce is under contract through at least next year. And I think there's a couple more guys who are under contract. Um, let me see. Yeah, so we know Nava is th- is through twenty twenty four. Well, I mean, well, obviously, we will go through all of this, and you'll know, have uh, have more information as we go. 
but because Sam is signed through 2020, at least through the end of this year, I would not be surprised to see Sam come back. Um, I won't be upset if he comes back either. Mm-hmm. Which I know that's hard because I came pretty, I was pretty harsh on him this entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will be upset to see is if he does have the captain's armband. Yeah. Let's see. As far as I know, Santi is only through the end of this season. I'm looking back through some of the announcements here, but yeah. No, so, and this is the conversation that I've had with some folks, you know, privately. Um, now, I, at this point, we don't have any insider information, but. I, I want to say that we're going to see a, a higher amount of turnover than we have in years past. I genuinely think we do. Now, I would like to see, obviously, you know, I, I want to see Zico stay. I want to see Nikki stay. I want to see, um, you know, I would like to see uh, Andy Thomas stay, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, you know, I, there's a number of guys that I want to see back, but. I would be prepared for a long off season. I think the only way we see Andy Thomas come back is if in that loan, there was the option to buy. I, I don't think there is. Cause it was only through the end of the season. So I really don't think that we signed him with, uh, on that type of deal. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he does unless there was that kind of option in there, but I don't yeah. think that there is. Yeah. But of course, you know, we don't know. <laughs> um, because you know, there's no transparency in this league. Uh, yes. We don't know players. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Not this is something that's going to bug me. I got into it into a discussion with someone on the Albuquerque subreddit the other day, who was complaining about the stadium and how much players make and this, that, and the other. I'm like, you. I told this guy, I said, you really have no idea how much these players make. He goes, well, there's none. There's none of the players are, are MLS caliber. I said, okay, let, and ripped off you know six, seven names of guys who played in the MLS or you know first divisions in other leagues, you know, now the countries. And so, like, you do realize, like, as I said, top end, these guys are making low six figures. Top end, they're making low six figures. I said, that's the. I said the like near the bottom of MLS stand of MLS payroll. I said most of these guys are making you know five figures. You know, my somewhere in the neighborhood of you know probably sixty seventy thousand a year, if they're lucky. Yeah. Well, with with the CBA, you know, they're guaranteed you know X amount of money and so on and so forth, based on tenure. So, um, but yeah, I'm like I said, and you know, really, you realize Justin Schmidt when he was here was supplementing his income working as a bartender. Like these guys don't make a ton of money. You know, like I mean, look I, at Kalen. Kalen yeah. can't be making a bunch of money. I mean, even though he has a championship attached to his name, he has a photography business on the side. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, again, you know, if you know, I'm making, you know, when I had my job, I was making, you know, whatever I was making, but I still had side things that I was doing, you know, because who who doesn't want more money, right? Who doesn't want to be making more money? So, I mean, you look at these, if you know, if you're making, you know mid to upper I, I don't even say mid, mid to upper you know mid five figures like that's not an easy living right now 
with the way things are. It's not so guys having stuff on the site is not uncommon. You know, again, these guys aren't all making six figure plus salaries, you know, like we have ideas about a couple of them, but we have no definite information because the league doesn't share that. The clubs don't share that, you know, but they're making arguments. This guy's making the argument. Oh, well, the club's not even good enough to play MLS. Well, no, like I said, number one, the only way to get into MLS is to pay you know, at this point over half a billion dollars to buy a team. You know, I said MLS or USL somewhere in the neighborhood of like 10 to 15 million, you know? So, yeah, so I you think can't, the, you, you can't compare them. If I remember correct, last season when Sack was trying to do it, um, I think they paid two hundred million. It was more than that. It would have been more. than I that think that was just the initial entry fee or application fee. That's not including all the renovations they'd have to do. And well, no. So Charlotte, the the rights to Charlotte were, uh, I think, five hundred and twenty million dollars. So two hundred million is on the. I mean, that would be the extreme low end. I don't see that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. You know, uh, Charlotte FC, MLS uh, fee. Well, I mean, according to this, it says Charlotte was three hundred twenty-five million. Um, I, I've, I saw a list. Oh, I think it was Inter Miami. That was like five hundred million. But then I don't want to talk about Inter Miami. I mean, they're like <laughs> you know, fantasy oh, league unit at this point. You know what? I saw a, a thing that really bugged me about Inter Miami, and Luis it was uh, no, no, man. Yeah, I saw. I've seen that, but no. So I saw something. Um, Oh, it was in the MLS wildcard playoff preview on ESPN. They talked about how someone, how someone beat Lionel Messi and Inter Miami on the final. Nobody beat Messi on the final. Messi didn't play the final week of the season. Yeah. Like, and this is this is someone writing for ESPN.com. He was over there coaching his son. Yeah. It's, it's just dumb. Like, this is why you need people that cover – soccer specifically and people that need to cover lower leagues specifically because you have and we have an espn.com writer that doesn't know what they're talking about that's a problem yeah and that's why people are so out of tune with american sports mm-hmm. they really are um let's see where is it I'll I'll find the article, but like there was one that said that uh, somewhere they were like five hundred million for an MLS fee uh, franchise fee, which is just absolutely stupid, you know. But when you're when you have a single entity structure where everyone is paying in and everyone's sharing the profits, like you know. I don't know. It's just dumb. But yeah, I mean you know, silly season is here. Silly season is starting. Players are going to be making moves. San Diego loyal is done. Um, rumor has it. And I don't know if you heard this Earl, but rumor has it. Things are not good down in the RGV. I did hear that. Yeah. That so they are like seconds away from folding. Yeah. According to rumors, the owner of RGV FC has, the, has, uh, 
supposedly said that he no longer wishes to own the club. So there's a very real chance that RGV could be folding in, in terms of the word, the whispers out there as soon as November. Which thank God, because that stadium sucks. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could certainly say that. But I mean, the thing is like, they've always had that, that relationship with Houston Dynamo. They've always been able to develop players um, you know, you, you, you've, you, you've, H-E-B Park, while as, as bad as it is, you know, it's, it really, like, it was a tough place to go and play. I mean, RGV played well at, at their home stadium for the most part, and, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it's, you, you hate to see it, you know, and it's like, okay, well, who does, who does USL replace them with? You know, it may be a year or two, if if not more, before someone replaces them. So, yeah, because if that does happen, I mean, you're looking at two Western Conference teams that are now out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's difficult. You know, it's hard to see. You know, and for a league that is trying to remain as stable as possible, I mean, you've got. You know, you've you've got you know two clubs potentially folding this year. Um, you know, Robert, you know, HEB Park, as I say, just never draw. Yeah, I mean, they're you know always near in the bottom half in terms of in terms of attendance. Um, I was reading a, a comment earlier over on Reddit saying that someone pulled up to a game and there was a pretty large crowd, thinking it'd be great for the for the game, but the people were there for a car show and not the soccer match. You know, so. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it, it, it does kind of, you know, raise the question of where, where do they go? Where does USL go? How does USL continue to, to stabilize things? And, you know, what happens, you know, for the future, especially if MLS keeps trying to gobble up areas where USL teams already exist. Yeah, so going back to the whole entry fee thing, mm-hmm. um, in 2013, New York City FC, shout out to Troy Lassane and Zach Prince, congrats by the way, um, agreed to pay a record $100 million expansion fee for the right to join MLS in 2015. This record was surpassed by ownership groups of FC Cincinnati and Nashville SC, um, fuck five stripes, which <laughs> each paid $150 million to join MLS. Uh, FC Cincinnati in 2019 and Nashville in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much St. Louis City FC pay, paid to join this season, um, but I do know that Major League Soccer has awarded an expansion franchise to San Diego, the mm-hmm. league announced Thursday, after the ownership group paid a staggering $500 million to start a, to start a club in Southern California. Yeah. I want to say that was so much because they had to buy out Loyal. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. I think they just said, fuck it. We want to put an MLS team in San Diego because of the market. And they said, fuck loyal. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's just, it, it's stupid. Like it really is. And, and, and this is part of the problem with us soccer is that ever they're so willing to, 
screw over a, in my opinion, a well-run league to to continue to promote the 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 backwards ass product as MLS because of all their stupid rules and how things work and the fact that the league will never be able to compete on the same scale as you know uh, any international team. Right. And I don't, I don't include Mexico international teams because they're talking about merging. You know, there's been talks about merging MLS and Liga MX. So they might as well do that anyways. I mean, yeah. Um, so I did look up how much did St. Louis FC count or cost. Mm-hmm. Um, on November 30th, 2018, the board of aldermen passed by 26 of 28. Um, on August 20th, 2019, Garber announced a press conference in St. Louis that the city had been granted a franchise to begin playing 2022 for the expansion fee of $200 million. Mm-hmm. So $200 million to start up a team. Uh, David Tepper reportedly put in $325 million in 2019 for Charlotte. So yeah, the the fees to even join MLS are just exorbitant. Like there's, yeah, uh, there's no way that it would ever work for you know, no, for a club the size of New Mexico United. Even with even with the pockets that our investment group has, it would never happen. You know, which I'd be I'd be interested to see those pockets um, <laughs> if the city council decides to vote no on our stadium. If they vote no on that uh, on the rights, I I think I think the club is gone. No, I hate I hate to say it. I I think I think they go somewhere else. Maybe it's Santa Fe. Maybe it's down to Las Cruces. I don't know. Could you imagine Las Cruces in El Paso? I'd be okay with Santa Fe. I'd be okay. I mean, I know you would be. I mean, Santa Fe is not that bad of a drive, but like if if the city council does not approve the lease, that's a problem. I think what happens is if Albuquerque City Council, um, I did say City Council, not Stupid Council. Um, if they vote no, I believe United just says, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go buy some property in the middle of downtown and piss off everybody because now this is what's going to happen. But that's the thing. The club doesn't want to do that. I know. We, I, I, my That's my opinion. Um, yeah. Strictly my opinion is they decided to say, you know what? We're done playing your game. We put it in the hands of voters. They said no. We put it in city council. They said no. We did everything right. They still said no. Have fun. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like it's it's tough. Like I. I, I want to see the stadium. I don't want to see the club leave. But like I mean, USL has their guidelines, you know, and they've been very very lenient with us and. You know, I'm I'm hopeful that you know if for some reason city council doesn't. I mean, the the club from from people that I've talked to is hopeful that the vote will go in their favor. Now, the reason the vote was deferred was because some of the council members claimed they did not know, they did not have enough information. I mean, I really don't know what more they need, but it is what it is. That's the way politics works. Everyone wants to punt the issue instead of like, hey, look, this is something that could benefit a lot of people. And it's someplace that's out. It's not downtown, you know. It's gonna, where it's going to piss a whole bunch of people off, you know. And people, the complaints about Balloon Fiesta Park are just stupid. If you ask me, they're just stupid. It's not a bad place. It's not a bad spot for that. And parking is going to be included. They're going to build a new parking structure with it. 
So like, I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting offseason. From the city council vote uh, here in a couple weeks to free agent signings, players leaving, to the rest of the playoffs. Um, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to. Obviously, we'll be discussing it throughout the offseason, but I don't know. Like some people, some people just are so willingly obtuse to 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 facts and refuse to listen to anything. It's just it's hard. I we agree, Jane. We absolutely agree. Bloom Fiesta Park is a great place for the stadium. I you know I did some math the other day over on 1017's Twitter, and the allocated site, the seven acres of space that the club would be leasing. From the city, two percent, two percent of the total area at Balloon Fiesta Park does not mess with the with the fields themselves. Does not mess with the with the concessions or the vendors and nothing like that. It's taking up a parking lot. <clears throat> it's taking up a space where there are power lines that run overhead that the balloons can't even. Oh, they're not supposed to fly anyway. You know, they're not supposed to fly there. And the stadium's not going to interfere with the ballooning because you know what? The balloons take off a completely different direction during balloon fiesta. Unless, you know, you get one of those pilots that we've seen on the news the past couple you know, weeks and months and, you know, the past couple, you know, year or two that I've seen where they're dumbasses and screw up. Like, there's, if, if, and like the ingress and egress are there that's, you know, I mean, ob- and the area can obviously handle the volume. I mean, they handle tens of thousands of people a day during Bloom Fiesta. You could handle 11,000 people for one night a week. Yeah. So. 20,000 at most for two day, for two nights. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, yeah. But yeah, it's just, it, like I said, people are, people are intentionally obtuse. And they don't care to research. They don't care to read. They don't care to find out information, you know. And I can tell you with, with certainty that the club has already done certain tests out in that area. Noise pollution, light pollution. They've done the tests. And I was told that the, the when the noise pollution test was run, the closest homes... The noise level was that of a conversation. People don't care. People don't it's care. Albuquerque voters. I, I have no faith in Albuquerque voters. And I'm actually super happy I don't live in the city. Because these white hairs that I have here would be a lot crazier. There'd be a lot more of them. <laughs> yeah, it's... uh. It's a trip talking to people about stuff, you know, especially when they don't want to learn. They don't want to understand what's going on. You know, they don't, they, they, people complain, well, money needs to go to this money. I saw people saying that, you know, city money. I'm like, there is no city money. Like, oh, but the, the lights and the water. I said, yeah, that money has to be spent on city infrastructure anyway. And the amount of money that's going to be spent on that. I guarantee you they can work on I-25 and I-40 every freaking day for a year and it wouldn't do anywhere near as bit of good. <laughs> Have you seen the roads in downtown Albuquerque? They they close them, they repave them, they do this, they do 
nothing ever cha- nothing ever changes. The roads are still terrible. It doesn't matter how much money they throw at it. That's yeah. Well, what do you say we get into some predictions for the rest of the playoffs? Let's do it. Uh, we'll move right back into some soccer. Get some actual talking points because yeah, no one wants to hear us ramble on about politics. So um, obviously, round uh, I guess you call it quarterfinal round. Yeah, quarter. Uh, well, conference semifinals. I guess you, conference semifinal round. Whatever you want to call it is happening this weekend. Uh, you look at the. Western Conference, you got Sacramento, San Antonio, number one, number four. San Antonio had a really strong season this year. Sacramento has been playing well. They're on a four-game streak here coming into the playoffs, or counting the playoffs, I should say, four-game winning streak. Um, Sacramento, San Antonio. This, to me, I I don't know if San Antonio likes this matchup. Um, I think Sacramento does provide some interesting uh, issues for them. But um, I like this, and you know, I I've, we talked about last week. We talked about you know uh, throughout the season. San Antonio is my pick. They're they're my pick to to win the whole thing. I think they have you know the best possible chance to to come in and repeat. And looking back at the season series, they had a draw, nil nil draw with Sacramento back in April, and then where is the second? They I scrolled right past it. They lost 3-1 Sacramento in June. Um, now, I know if Harry and Robert are listening, I think they might not be as confident in this matchup uh, as I am, but I like San Antonio. I think San Antonio is is the better team. Now, they did finish the, the regular season on a bit of a uh, not great run. You look at their you know results there at the end of the regular season, three draws, a loss, and win, but uh, they are better than um, so I'm going to take San Antonio over Sacramento. You chucked me up for that one too. I have San Antonio. Um, San Antonio, I said it last week, as well as Tampa Bay. San Antonio in the playoffs are a different, a different breed. Mm-hmm. That they are. I, I I like San Antonio. They're they're a physical, fast team. Um, but I, I think it does. I, I think this is an interesting matchup for San Antonio. Jane agrees with us. San Antonio over Sacramento. There you go, Jane. We appreciate that pick. We appreciate you chiming in. If, you, if anyone else wants to chime in with their picks as well, we'd love to hear them. Um, so, all right. We'll, we'll stick with the West. We'll go ahead and finish out the West here because this past weekend, Phoenix Rising and San Diego Loyal played to a insane seven goal thriller uh phoenix rising picking up a stop a uh, an extra time goal to pick up the win there uh just bonkers bash to watch um i really thought going into this that um that san diego had this one i i didn't trust phoenix at all um but you look at the match you got two penalties you know uh, one in the first half, one in the second half. Thomas gets a hat trick. Um, it's just, and then you look at you know uh, Phoenix playing against Orange County, who I really like. Orange County. I know Marlene has got Orange County in her bracket. Um, but you look at the season series between those two teams, and 
Phoenix Rising picked up a win back in May over Orange County by a final of 1-0. Uh, goal scorer in that match was Manuel Arteaga, of course. And then you look at their second matchup, which was in September, September 30th. You got a 1-1 draw. Uh, Cuello and Eloski score there in that match. So looking at this matchup, this one's tough. This is probably the hardest pick in this round, I think. Um, and it's I, I pull in Orange County. I, I don't think Rising will, will, can come out on top in this one. Uh, you know, Orange County, uh, they're just they're, they're just a really good team. They've had such a good season. Um, and I, I, I like the Alaskis. Um, they and yeah, they're playing really really well. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm on the same boat as you. Um, when I first talked to Marlena about it, I was like, ah, Orange County, I mean, kind of crazy, whatever, some talking head over here, I guess, some full of hot air. Um, and then she proved me wrong by picking the entire, by picking them to win the whole damn thing. <laughs> so I'm going to follow suit with you and Marlena and Orange County it is. All right, moving on over to the East. We've got the 8-5 matchup, which is not something you expect. Um, you know, obviously Detroit shocked Pittsburgh last weekend with a 1-0 win there. Uh, and then Loose City advanced on kicks from the mark over Memphis, which was a really entertaining match to watch. Um, that one was a lot of fun. I watched that one as well. Um, you know, Lou, now that... Uh, now that Pittsburgh, and we'll get to here in just a second, now that Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay are out of the playoffs in the East, you have to think that Lou City has got to be right there with Battery as the favorites to win this thing. But if Detroit City showed anything on Saturday, it's like you can't count anyone out in the playoffs. Looking back at the season series, Lou City picked up a 1-0 win over Detroit City back in April. And then their return match was in July, July 19th. Detroit City won 2-0 at home over Lou City. This one, of course, is going to be in Louisville at Lynn Family Stadium, where you know where uh, Lou City picked up their first win over there. Um, can Detroit City do it again? Yes. I think Detroit City rides their wave. Um, coming off a crazy momentous game, momentous season point for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously barely squeaking into the playoffs, and then having to play the number one team in the in the league and knocking them off. I mean, you have to think that you have what it takes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got Detroit on this one. Yeah, Detroit. Okay, I mean, they very well could do that you know and again they split the season split the season series between the two sides um but i like lou i like lou city at home uh i think they're they're a team that definitely i I think they play better at home despite very similar home and road records there's just a different feel about them at lynn family um so i'm gonna go lou city here over detroit And the final matchup of the weekend, Charleston Battery, which who picked up a, who picked up a convincing 5-0 win over Indy 11. And then you've got Birmingham Legion with the upset 
over Tampa Bay. And now that's a matchup that you and I talked about last week. And neither of us got it right because you look at that and, you know, Legion did not play well against, uh, or no, I'm sorry, I take it back. Legion did play well, uh, if I remember correctly, um, against uh, Tampa Bay in the regular season, picking up a 2 0 win and then a 1 0 win over them. But you and I are both confident that wouldn't happen in the playoffs, not the Tampa Bay, because, you know, they're a good playoff team. What went wrong? <laughs> uh, you all know what went wrong? No, what went wrong in that one, Earl? Yeah, they scored less goals. That's what happened. <laughs> you did not watch that game, did you? No. No. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I did watch I, the Memphis game, though. You know what? Yeah, you did. You did watch that Memphis game. Um, but yeah, I was I was shocked by the result in the Birmingham Tampa Bay match. Um, Birmingham played really well. Uh, Preston Taborataka picked up a goal in that one, um, and Legion just kind of never looked back. Um, so great night for for them for for Hammer Down and friend of the show Kaylor Hodges. Um, but I mean, you know, Battery just walked all over Indy. They it wasn't even question about that one. Um, looking at the series, the season matchup between those two teams, uh, Battery had a one 0 win over Legion in uh, just two weeks ago, uh, and then they played first time of the season back in July. Battery had a two one win there as well. Uh, Earl, what's your pick for the for the this uh, final of the uh, conference semifinals? I think Birmingham. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think Birmingham corrects it. I mean, obviously they lost twice in the regular season to them. Um, but now you know what they have. You just played them two weeks ago. Um, yeah, I 100% Birmingham. I'd have a hard time going against that, but I am. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I mean, yes, they got the upset. You know, Battery are riding high right now. Legion are riding high off theirs, off the upset. Battery are riding high off their win. Um, I think Battery has their number. Battery plays really good defense. Legion has their moments where they do, but I think that's where it's going to come down to, you know, the end here. Um, so I, I'm going to take Battery here in this one. Good for you. All right, so I'm taking San Antonio, Orange County, Loose City, and Battery. Earl's taking San Antonio, Orange County, Detroit City, and Legion. So uh, looking at the current uh, f- final holders, um, finale hosters, I should say, Sacramento Republic, as of right now, they stand to be the uh, hosts of the USL Championship final, followed by Orange County, no, sorry, Battery, and then Orange County, um, and then San Antonio. So... At this point, I don't think there's no chance at all for Detroit City to host the final. Yeah, no chance at all for them to do it. So, um, whoever, I, I think my guess is whoever wins this match on Saturday or this weekend between uh, Sacramento and San Antonio, they're going to end up being the ones to host. But that's my guess. But there you have it, folks. Carlos, the one and only Sombrero Man with a question over in the chat. Earl. Who wins the World Series? Have you seen 
how good the Texas Rangers are playing these days. <laughs> they have been playing quite well. I hope to God that the Texas Rangers lift that damn trophy in Texas. Not a freaking Arizona in Texas. Um, yeah, so obviously that uh, I'm assuming that means that the Phillies are lost. Sorry, David Weetsy Carl yeah. to uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. And so the Diamond World Series kicks off on Friday. A Friday night start to the to the uh, to the World Series this year. Um, I mean, both teams are playing really well. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see this series. Now, the problem that I have, and I'm hoping it's not a case, I don't think it will be for the World Series, but we're in the blackout area for both of those teams. <laughs> um, unless. Unless it's on Fox, yeah. Unless you're one of the cool guys like this guy, this motherfucker, <laughs> who has the MLB TV. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that MLB will let, you know, this giant, the Southwest market. And th- th- so my concern about this world series, I, I, I think the Diamondbacks are going to win, but, um, I think, high. I think MLB has a problem with the series though, because neither of them are major media markets. So it'll be really interesting to see what the ratings are for the world series this year. I think I know, it'll be good just because of how they both went. Uh, they both went to Game Seven, and then obviously they both lost a hundred games, at least a hundred games last year or twenty twenty one. So, I've always been a huge Texas Rangers fan. I'm more of a Cubs fan than Texas Rangers, but I do like the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. So, World Series is on Fox again this year. So, um, so yeah, there won't be any blackouts, but. Yeah, it's just weird. You know, two teams that were in the blackout area for all year long during the regular season, both in the World Series. Um, so it should be fun. I think this would be for me. It's a fun series because you know, even though the Braves aren't in it, uh, you know, I don't have to see the Phillies. I don't have to see the Dodgers. So you know. So before we do that, um, Sombrero Man, I do have to ask you: Rangers or Diamondbacks? That was a quick fucking comment. <laughs> they have both teams you have to fly for Albuquerque that is, that is absolutely accurate yeah <laughs> uh, I think you mean the Los Angeles A's in 2027 <laughs> in 700 years what he actually meant the, La- the Las Vegas A's I think he was um, actually counting the amount of fans that Oakland actually draws to any game. Ah, okay. Seven fans. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, and that's so, the counting staffers too. Yeah, you know, uh, I, as, as I <laughs> the the thing the thing is, Carlos, I don't know that they that they find a buyer if the clubs it, to, to keep the club in Oakland. I don't think they do. That's the problem. I mean once that dump hole. I, I don't think they do. I know it would be good. I know the the fans would like it, but I just don't think they do. I think I do think they end up moving to Vegas, which I think honestly, I think Vegas, as big of a sports town as Vegas is becoming, you know, with the Raiders and the Knights and you know potentially a baseball team. I just they also I have think, the Aces who just won the women's national women's NBA. Who? The Aces. Who? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't watch sports, um, do you? No, not at all. Um, but 
yeah, it's I, I honestly think Vegas is a terrible place for sports. I really do. Um, but that's just me. I really, I do, I really think Vegas is a terrible place for sports. But that's neither here nor there. You'll be a Rockies fan if they move. I mean, I'm sure Jacob would like some support being a Rockies fan. So, you know, he, he'd gladly take you on board. But, Just uh, don't be a Dodgers. That's all I ask. Yeah, you'll be a Dodgers fan. Dodgers fans are terrible. But. You can be anybody. <laughs> Earl, we've been through a lot this evening. We've talked about a lot. We've gotten political. We've talked about USL Championship. We've talked about the possibilities for the offseason for New Mexico United. We will be back next week on thursday night we agree because halloween is next tuesday we have kids we have things to do on halloween so we will not be here on halloween and i'm not night. missing it it's my first halloween so i am not missing it for the world i know make sure you take a, a, a pillowcase with you earl and then have a backup pillowcase so that when you wear your costume people don't know that it's, that you're an adult i mean you're short enough you know you look like enough that's why i'm wearing my my dinosaur costume okay your dinosaur very good um, but yeah, no, it's uh Halloween night, so yeah, we'll be out with our kids doing things. Uh, so no show Tuesday, we will be we will be back on Thursday to break down the USL championship playoffs and talk about the the conference finals. Um, Earl and I were kind of discussing our schedule here for the next couple weeks, uh, before the show. We're going to finish out the playoffs and then. We're going to move into our off-season schedule. Um, and we'll keep Where we show up when we want. <laughs> show up when we want. So show next Thursday, the 2nd, and then we'll be back. Um, we'll, we'll do something probably around the 7th to preview the USL Championship Final, close out the season on the 14th of, of November. We'll take Thanksgiving week off. Um, also, be unlikely, we might have a special guest on the 14th of November. Um and then we're looking back at uh, coming back December 5th, then December 19th, and taking the holidays off there as well. So then we'll see you guys after the new year, unless, of course, there is any major breaking news uh, for the club between now and then. So, Earl, do you have any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, so there was a comment from Sombrero Man saying that he needs a shitty owner and bad players and heartbreak so he can't be a Dodgers fan. Mm-hmm. Dude, the Cubs are always asking. <laughs> I, I don't know if he, can you include him. The Cubs even be included in that anymore? Exactly. They're a shitty team. Oh, alrighty then. <laughs> well, we literally have to go. wait another 200 years to get another world, world series appearance. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And we will definitely be hyping that up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, November 20th city council meeting, be there. You can, uh, you'll be able to sign up online for public comment ahead of the vote on the lease. The club is hoping to pack the city council chambers and pack the online speaking as well. Um, so keep an eye out for that information from the club. We'll be helping get that out as well. Um, but yeah, Earl, if there's nothing else, I have nothing else uh, for everyone in the chat this evening for Jane, Harry, Robert, uh, Carlos, for Jacob, for Earl, for myself. Thank you everyone for being here. Appreciate each and every one of you. It's been one heck of a season for New Mexico United. Um, and silly season is next. And I, I feel like 95 years older after this season. Yeah. You very so hang on breaking okay. news, breaking news, because I got a cool phone that works. <laughs> um, 
we have a special guest on the 14th of November. We do. Very cool. Earl, do you want to break that news or do we want to wait? We will tell you what. If you guys show up next Thursday, I'll let you guys know. There you go. You heard it from Earl. You're here next with us next Thursday night at our regular time, 9 o'clock. We will have breaking news. Well, it's not breaking news anymore, but we'll have a special guest announcement. Yeah, well, it was a surprise Thursday. for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's your enticement to come back as we go through the postseason. So, um, and who knows? We might even be able to talk to each other about maybe moving this thing up an hour that night. I don't know. I have, I'll have my kids that night, so. Then I guess we won't. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't move it up that night. Um, uh, but, yeah, so it'll be around 9 o'clock next Thursday. But, so, for everyone, thank you guys so much. If you're not here, you can, of course, hear the podcast on every major podcast platform later in the week. I do appreciate each and every one of you being here. And until next time, Somos Dios. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.